Well, if the kid's there, the parents got to be. He's home alone. Greetings, wet bandits, and welcome to Jump Cuts, a <laughs> podcast about movies. Got wet bandits. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> oh, my name is Charlie, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Will. Did you know that food delivery driving is a more dangerous job than being a police officer? This is relevant, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> and Park. Hello, I had something, but it, it is it is long <laughs> gone. <laughs> well, you know, we'll come back to it. I'm sure you'll find a way to, to bring it back up. <laughs> this week, uh, we watched Home Alone, Merry Christmas, everybody. Home Alone, a Jigsaw origin story. Haha, <laughs> do you get it? It's like Saw. No one has done that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, this was a collaborative pick in the spirit of holidays. That's what Christmas is all about, uh, democracy. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do the recap, which I'm going to be honest. If you haven't seen home alone, how, how did you find this podcast? Do you watch movies? How did you get here? <laughs> but you know what? We're going to recap it anyways. Uh, home alone is about a little boy named Kevin McAllister who, uh, his family accidentally leaves him at home alone to go to France for Christmas, uh, through a ridiculous series of circumstances and coincidences. And then uh, some bandits called the Wet Bandits try to rob his home, and he uh, uses an elaborate series of traps to defend himself. And it's it's sick. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah, that's Home Alone. So, I mean, obviously we've all seen this movie several times. I feel like, so, okay, you know how every family that is of the, the Christmas celebrating persuasion, they have a few movies that are in your like yearly rotation that like you watch that movie every year right there's some christmas movies you've just seen 26 times at this point and home alone is one of them for my family i don't know i don't know about you guys oh like my family used to always do like abc family was still a thing and they were doing their like 25 movies of christmas or whatever and they'd show a christmas movie every night like, we would always sit down and watch it, and Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, starring President Donald Trump, our lord and savior, uh, were usually <laughs> in that rotation. Yeah, For me, it's like, I have a weird memory. I think I watched Home Alone 2, like, a ton as a kid. Like, this is one of those movies that, like, stuck for me, and I would watch it, like, not around Christmas time. Like, I didn't, I didn't even associate <laughs> it with Christmas that much. I just thought it like the slapstick humor was very funny. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I had it. I had it had to have it on DVD or VHS or something, and would watch it just over and over again to the point where like I was expecting scenes to come up in this movie that were actually from Home Alone two, and that might be because they follow almost exactly the same plot. <laughs> but um, like there are a lot of gags or traps <laughs> or kills in Home Alone two that I. I thought we're going to show up in this one, but they didn't. So, As I recall, Home Alone 2 is a lot more, I guess, like you could almost say violent. Like, I feel like there's more like actual death traps that these robbers somehow survive in 2 versus 1. Like yeah. bricks flying off a three-story building into Marv's face three times. Yeah, the literal first trap scenario in Home Alone 2 would have killed them instantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, I, that's like a, you know, classic uh, 
I don't know, edgy teenager criticism of Home Alone. It's like, oh, they would have died like six times, man. But like, it is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I think, uh, I think I counted three if you include both paint cans. I think, yeah, I think I landed around that too in this movie. It was like, hold on, I have notes for Home Alone. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the iron falling yep. probably probably would have killed uh, the paint cans. If they're full, they're full paint cans. I think it kills. I think if they're half empty, maybe not. And then the uh, when he smashes his chest with a crowbar, <laughs> I'm like, that's cracking every rib. That <laughs> that would do some damage. The because uh... uh, he full force swung that thing. Um, but not as many as I, I think two is the one where like I, I think everyone's probably seen a YouTube video or two like counting down like all the kills <laughs> that Kevin McAllister <laughs> does. Yeah, because you have like the three bricks to Marv's face. They fall through the floor. He literally electrocutes Marv with a like full blown generator. It's that one's rough. <laughs> the electrocution scene in two with the the skeleton flash at the end is, is great <laughs> it is uh, fantastic yeah. but that is not the movie we watched we watched home alone one yeah uh, <laughs> although let's be honest we've all seen two enough times that without having watched it in the last week we oh, can yeah. still just basically make this a double episode we'll focus on one but i'm sure two is going to come up a lot i think we should i think we should welcome back uh daniel stern and john hurd to the oh, podcast that's true. Uh, yeah from uh, our Chud episode, <laughs> where we referred to Daniel Stern's character as Marv the entire time, because <laughs> I can't see him as anything. Else. Even Chud came out before Home Alone, but it's Chud came very out funny. Long before Home Alone, didn't it? I think so, like five, four or five years. Chud ago. was eighty four, and Home Alone one was nineteen ninety. Right? Hang on, I have yeah, IMDb up. Um, yeah, nineteen ninety. So six years before. Yeah, so it's very funny thinking about these two guys like meeting on these yeah. <laughs> completely different movies. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, that yeah, and I I said this before we started, but that makes them now tied with Bill Murray, uh, Francis McDormand, and Bruce Willis for most featured on our podcast so far, <laughs> which is uh, something. What was Bruce Willis's other movie? We did uh, Fifth Element, and he Fifth was Element. in Rise Kingdom. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. There we Along are. Along with Bill Murray and Francis McDormand. And Francis McDormand. So source of a lot of the crossover. <laughs> um But yeah, Home Alone is I think a very interesting study on an old era of Christmas movies cuz we were, this is something we talked about when we were trying to pick a movie, right? It's like when was the last actually good Christmas movie made? And the one that comes to mind for me is Elf. And some people don't like that movie because they don't like Will Ferrell. But whatever. I like Elf. Uh, I can't think of one more recent than that. <laughs> and it's interesting to look back at, like, this movie. It was written by John Hughes, who wrote so many movies from that era. Joe Pesci is in it, coming off of, you know, like, what he was... Was it Goodfellas or Godfather? I can't keep all the gangster movies straight, but... He was in, like, several of those Scorsese-era things. Were those even Scorsese movies? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. He was uh, in... But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, he, point being, Joe Pesci is a famous actor who was in this like Christmas movie, and then the music was done by John Williams, and you just you haven't seen that kind of power behind a Christmas movie in a long time, at least I think. Yeah, it's a it is definitely a good one. It's you know we probably could have done this entire podcast without ever having watched the movie in the last week like you were saying about home alone 2 it's one that's just kind of been ingrained into our childhood Mm -hmm. but it's one i can always go back to and i probably will always laugh at yeah Yeah, it's it's, great (laughs) i was amazed how well it worked now because like i'm uh probably like compared to most people i guess probably a bit of a grinch when it comes to like (laughs) christmas stuff like i don't really watch that many christmas movies and Maybe part of why, uh, I guess maybe none of us can think of a good new Christmas movie is that like I feel like you don't watch many new ones as an adult who doesn't have children. That's fair. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not like looking out for the newest uh, Christmas movie right now, but this movie, especially like right when the score kicked in at the beginning, I was on board. It's amazing how good the music in this movie is. Mm-hmm. John, John Williams, Williams right? is incredible man yeah like it's perfect uh, the, like, the, whole, the whole movie sets the tone incredibly and all of the I, I was surprised how well it works for like an adult audience and like children as well because all the slapstick stuff is like absurd enough to be like funny as an adult too mm-hmm <laughs> my opinion the thing i love about the john williams score for this piece too is that almost all of the songs i don't don't know if it's all the songs or almost all the songs is based off of the same i guess like bass track which is somewhere in my memories and that's in both home alone one and home alone two um i remember playing somewhere in my memories back when i used to play baritone sax and it's a beautiful christmas song and he turns it into so many different pieces throughout the movie that fit every scene he does a fantastic job with it weirdly i think in the 20 plus episodes that we've now done we haven't watched a movie i could think of with a super notable composer and apologies to the composers of the movies we've watched because you know i I just don't think we've talked very much about music because <laughs> we haven't I we haven't really watched anything where like the music is a famous part of it, but it definitely is with this movie, which obviously John Williams is like there. There are not many people that are in that conversation, at least in my mind. But yeah, the main two we've hit on with that, I think, has been uh, there will be blood with like the droning tracks and everything That's going true. on in the background. And then Rashomon would be the most recent with that, like marching beat. Oh, and the bass track. We talked about the bass track and they live because that was a rocking bass track. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I wish we had. I, I was going back through like the footage from Stalker to make to figure out the trailer for it, and I was like, oh man, we forgot to talk about the music in that in that movie. That's true. It was uh, good, but which is really good. But uh, I, that's like my blind spot. My biggest blind spot for movies, I think, is talking about the score. And I think that is that's the case for like a lot of people, mm-hmm. where like they kind of say like a good score, you won't like even notice it. You know, it can kind of be in the background. But this, and a lot of it was nostalgia for this movie. But it 
uh, instantly got me <laughs> hooked in again, even though I was ready to... I, I wasn't feeling very Christmassy until the very start of this movie. And then I was like, I was in, I was ready, ready to go. Mm-hmm. I do... It, it is funny that John Williams' other... I mean, I know he's done a ton of stuff, but most significant other project is Star Wars. And Jurassic uh, Park. And Jaws. And Superman. Did he do Indiana Jones, too? Yes, and he did Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all that stuff is incredible. I, just, I mean, the I, the most famous one is Star Wars. For a good reason, yeah. because the music in Star Wars is amazing. Yeah, sure. Only one of those series was bought by Disney for like a billion dollars. Exactly. <laughs> was it four billion? No, something stupid. Oh, they, they, was... bought, they bought like LucasArts entirely, including the special effects company, which is what they also oh, really okay. wanted. Yeah. Yeah, because they bought... I mean, yeah, the real value is in, obviously, the merchandising and then also ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, uh, who pioneered a ton of special effects stuff. But that's a discussion for another time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Disney also owns Indiana Jones, by the way. They do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they bought it with Lucas. It was part of Lucas Films. Oh. Oh, God, they're going to make a terrible Indiana Jones movie. They're making another one. Like, they've already announced that Harrison Ford's starring in it. That's upsetting. getting Harrison Ford in it again. <laughs> He's so old. Leave him alone. Is he, he, this is elder abuse, dude. I mean, <laughs> like, they passed the torch up. gracefully to Shia LaBeouf with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Just let him go and let Shia LaBeouf star. Uh, <laughs> I say funny things get, sometimes. Isn't Shia LaBeouf some... He, he, he was doing sex crimes recently or something. Oh. Uh, was he? I don't. I, I can't keep it. I can't keep track of all the Hollywood perverts. <laughs> if oh god, if if he was, I must have missed that. Sup? I got my hands on my face like Macaulay Culkin. Gave her the cig, but I left the smoking. And it's the same dude, black pants. John Hughes. And while I'm talking, I'm gonna pull up John Hughes, IMDb, because obviously he did a ton of very famous movies in the 80s and 90s and a lot of them are not the kind of movies that we typically watch uh right so ferris bueller's day off we've all seen obviously great movie breakfast club another very famous movie but then also like uh i think oh yeah yeah okay yeah 16 candles pretty in pink so like a lot some of the other stuff is a little more like teen rom commy. so that's the stuff that's like it's not something we watch um, i wrote a paper on pretty in pink <laughs> That is interesting, and I would love to hear about it later. Also, <laughs> the first three vacation movies, including Christmas Vacation, which is the best Christmas movie. Um, and then this one. So, I think, again, very interesting that that kind of screenwriter ends up doing this movie. Because, obviously, Christmas Vacation... I mean, I don't know what kind of budget Christmas Vacation had, but, you know, Chevy Chase and... Beverly D'Angelo are in it, and it's hilarious, it's great, and it aged well, at least in my opinion. Um, But the kind of writer that you don't see doing Christmas movies these days, I feel like their scene is, like, hacky now. Uh, Which is fair, because there's a million terrible hacky ones. All of this was an overly long setup, too. I wanted to talk about something with the writing a little bit, so... They have to do an interesting thing in this movie, which is create 
a rift between Kevin and the rest of his family and have them be mad at each other while also making Kevin still empathetic. And I think the way they do that is interesting because it just makes his family look really shitty. Because <laughs> uh, he basically just gets bullied by everyone and then finally justifiably lashes out against Buzz, his terrible older brother who ate his pizza and is pretending to barf it back up so he can eat it. And then Kevin is the one who gets in trouble for this uh, with Catherine O'Hara, who plays his mom, you know, the, the scene where she's like yelling at him at the bottom of the stairs to the attic. It's very strange. Yeah, she keeps trying to like up the ante on him to make him feel bad about wishing his whole family would die um, yeah <laughs> but he's a kid you know like he's a little kid he doesn't like understand the permanence of like i wish my family wasn't here obviously so like she was always going to lose the standoff <laughs> and like it's clearly like not prepared for what's mm. going on. it's yeah it's i say strange just because like it <laughs> the the writing of the child is almost more realistic than that of like the family and the parents uh not that people don't grow up with like terrible families but it's weird that like they all seem loving and nice towards each other largely and then they all just hate kevin for some reason <laughs> like even his uncle looks at him and is like look what you did you jerk like Uncle, Uncle Frank, Frank is a dick. <laughs> Uncle Frank He's the worst. Stealing the salt and pepper shaker on the airplane. That was funny. Though. Yeah, he's a great character, but mm-hmm. you, you love to hate him, Uncle Frank. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's very when I, I when you sit and analyze a movie over the course of an hour podcast, and it's a children's Christmas movie. Some of this stuff feels like it breaks down a little bit, but I don't think it actually like hurts the movie. Is what I'm getting at here, right? Like it's fine that the behavior of the family is a little weird, and that like they kind of all just suck and don't have that much dynamic personality to them because the movie's not about them, right? It's just it's about Kevin. Um, yeah. and to a lesser extent, his mom. Did, did you guys catch, I only knew about this because I think I saw something about it of like, oh, thing, things you missed in movies or whatever, where they accidentally throw away Kevin's ticket in yeah. the chaos. Oh yeah. He, like fights buzz or whatever. I didn't, I didn't notice that for the longest time until I like, finally saw the scene this time and i like knew to look for it and i saw it but they do like a weirdly like pretty elaborate setup of like showing you all the things that had to go wrong for them to actually leave kevin behind yeah like it it's a very like minor thing that's easy to miss but then it comes up when like they hand the tickets to the gate agent and they there aren't any extra tickets like everybody has their ticket yeah they have that they have like the they miscount because the neighbor kid's there yeah Kevin had to be sleeping on the uh, top floor alone for this to happen. Uh, so, like, that, his, his little cousin had to be, like, the kid who wets the bed all the time and chugging Pepsi. I love how, uh, like... Pepsi <laughs> drinkers wet the bed. Uh, Facts. I love how he's <laughs> drinking the Pepsi and just looks at Kevin and raises his eyebrow, like, you know what's coming, buddy. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pee on you. <laughs> I'm gonna pee. 
Huh. And that to to give John Hughes some more credit, that specific joke of like character making knowing face at other character, he's like the master of that in that era. I feel like you see that in all of his movies. In yeah, some I, capacity. Did, I didn't realize he did Ferris Bueller, but they're the movies now that I'm thinking about it, like they feel very similar. Yeah. Like the character of Kevin McAllister and Ferris Bueller. <laughs> That's a good like, point, Kevin is going to become Ferris Bueller. Like it it just makes sense, right? Like Ferris mm-hmm. sets up this like that like elaborate uh setup, like rigging to make himself look like he's in his own own bed. Oh you know? yeah. Uh yeah, they're the same person. <laughs> And speaking of the elaborate setup of why the ticket is missing, not to bring up two again, but we're we're gonna have we simply must talk about two a lot in this process too because you just you can't isolate them because doing that kind of movie and spoiler alert this will come up again next week uh, because we're doing Die Hard two but doing this kind of movie where something wildly improbable happens to the same person twice is always very funny to me. Uh, because some movies will go out of their way to like explain how it happened again and make it seem reasonable, which this one does. Home Alone 2 actually does that. Uh, and there's the whole setup with just like they miscount the uh, neighbor kid. And then the tickets get kind of lost in the shuffle running uh, to get on the plane when Kevin gets on the wrong plane to go to New York because he's running and he runs into the stewardess who's doing the boarding. Yep. Other movies just totally ignore that. Like, for example, Die Hard 2, uh, <laughs> which we again will come back to next week. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's my tangent. I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we've also like another thing that actually surprised me about this film. So I always knew that John Hughes wrote it. I didn't realize he was not the director of this movie. Um, it's Chris Columbus who directed this movie, who also did like the first three Harry Potters. He did Mrs. Doubtfire, um, the Goonies, like all movies that like actually kind of, I like filled my childhood and I loved he also did a movie you feel really strongly about, Charlie, and you actually, I think, wrote a piece on it or did a video on it, and that's uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that movie sucks. <laughs> it's uh, criminal because the book is so good. <laughs> but no, it's like, I love that, like, these two, like, this, these two filmmakers, like, have filled my childhood with so many fantastic movies like this. Even the, like, the first... Because he did, like, the first two Harry Potters, right? Three. He did three. He did... Th- I thought it was... Because three is the one that's, like, uniquely... It's, like, weird. They got, like, a different director for that one. Oh, did, did he not Didn't do three? It? Oh, maybe... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so. when they... That was, that was when they switched off. Yeah. Because three is known as, like, the good one. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then, like, the first two are, like, more kids' movies that are... They're very Christmassy in a lot of ways. Yes, yeah, which is interesting. Like Chris Columbus is very good at Christmas <laughs> for some reason. Um, and I guess like directing kids. Uh, I, I Macaulay Culkin, child actor, now podcaster, um, is 
really, really good in this movie. He's, he's a great, great child actor. He nails it. He's so good. Please come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Macaulay you know, Culkin. Come Macaulay on the pod. We saw you. I don't know if Red Letter Media flew you out <laughs> or if you covered that. But uh, we, uh, we cannot fly you out. We cannot do that. But you do everything over Discord anyway. <laughs> we can fly you out in coach on like Southwest. No, we can't do that either. I'm not doing uh, that either. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, he's really good, and I there's a lot of seeds. The one one that stands out to me, I don't know why this is always so funny, is when he's talking in the mirror, going through like a manly morning grooming <laughs> the aftershave. <laughs> he gets out, yeah, and he slaps the aftershave on his face and screams. It's so funny. He's doing the American Psycho thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good old, good old Macaulay Coughlin. Also, Richie Rich. God, that was a great movie. I never oh, saw yeah. that. I think this is like the only thing I saw him in. Really, is like this and two. Uh, then I, I refused to watch Home Alone three or four or eighteen or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Home Alone three, and oh man, Isn't what else? One with okay, like I, five I, robbers or whatever it is. There's like. A team of professional assassin bad guys all wearing, like, black trench coats, and he has an RC car with a camera on it, and I, the kid was in something else, and it's, I, I'm gonna have to look it up real quick and remind myself, uh, but it's something funny, and I think I know what it is, but I don't want to say it until I confirm that it is he, the has, kid. he has an RC car. Does he have an RCXD? I gotta get my Call of Duty <laughs> reference. <laughs> He's got the RCXD. Is what an escalation, kid? though. Like, hitmen coming after him. Thought it was. Why did I think it was... I thought it was the kid who plays Little Anakin in The Phantom Menace, and it's not, so my bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, Scarlett Johansson was in this movie? What? Yeah, she's one of the what? robbers, I think, isn't she? Oh my or is she one? Or is she one of his siblings? I think she's one of his siblings, actually. I who, think she. Plays... Oh no, she should. She should have been the robber. Who would win, Kevin McAllister or Black Widow? <laughs> yeah, she's his sister in Home Alone Three. Um, uh, I don't think we've talked about the plot at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about that he gets left behind, and you all should know that he gets left behind. Thus, the name of the movie, Home Alone. He is home alone. They say uh, the name of the movie. He is home alone. But yeah, so in this movie, there are two robbers known as the Wet Bandits. And it's what Marv and uh, Harry. Harry. Yes. Who is bald. Uh, it's very funny. Or is, is he bald no, by the flames? Yeah, he, he loses his hair from the flames. I think he's already bald. No, he is. I he wears he a hat the, the whole movie. Yeah, but you can like see what's left of his hair after like his scalp gets burned. Okay, yeah, but like, it, see, that, I thought that like was hairline. like the top of his hat, like seared to his head. I don't like. I think he's which is gross, bald. but like it was a gross scene. <laughs> but I can't I picture Joe Pesci with hair, which is what leads me to believe that he's bald. But... <laughs> he has hair in his IMDb, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need this. <laughs> Listen, when I think Joe Pesci, all I think is this movie, which I know is wrong. It's not what I'm supposed to think. <laughs> He's but it's good fellas. It's what happens, and I'm sorry. That's fair, actually. He's in like one of the greatest mob movies of all time. 
Yeah, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be honest for a second? I haven't seen Goodfellas or The Godfather, and that's why I didn't know who was in them or who directed them. Why did them. you bring them up if you've never <laughs> seen them? <laughs> I was trying to talk about why Joe Pesci is famous and a weird choice for a kid's movie. Yeah, you know what? I haven't seen Goodfellas either, but I'm not referencing it. <laughs> Was Goodfellas a Scorsese movie? I have no idea. Yeah, Goodfellas is a Scorsese okay. movie. Huh. I watched The Godfather, and I was like, I probably don't need to watch another one of these for like a decade. And then I watched, <laughs> actually not even a decade, like five years later, I watched The Irishman, and I was like, well, that's another five to ten years. <laughs> I still haven't watched that. It's 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 very long. It is way too just punishingly long for no good reason uh there are good scenes in the movie but it has no respect for your time which is frustrating (laughs) oh god well back to the plot Uh, the plot plot of home alone (laughs) so these these wet bandits they're real wet you see um and they are timing they they've learned which houses in the neighborhood don't have anybody there and have automatic lights by dressing up as a cop at the start yeah which anyone can just do yet another reason to not talk to the police this is i told you it would come (laughs) home alone is weirdly anti-cop for being a movie about like a rich kid uh defending his fancy home against <laughs> the uh, robber hordes outside. It's a pro-gun movie. Anti-cop in, like, the libertarian way of, like, well, if we all just had elaborate traps in our home, we wouldn't be Yes, police. that's what... Kevin is a libertarian guy. <laughs> exactly. That's what he is. He's like, I should be allowed to leave booby traps everywhere. <laughs> It's my home. He literally has a quote. It's like, it's my home. I need to protect it. When it's like, you know, they're robbing you. You can just stay at the church or whatever. Like (laughs) call the police before they show up and be like, hey, I heard these people outside trying to rob my home. Well, no, that's once again, Kevin is like, yeah, he's Kevin is a libertarian. He's not. (laughs) He doesn't believe in that. He's doing it himself. Yeah. and, And the cops are just like complete pieces of shit in this movie like the actual cops are too yeah they also they're so uh, incompetent the uh <laughs> one of the scenes white so on this particular watch with my family one of the scenes we pointed out as being insane is <laughs> when they call the cops from france to tell them that uh their son is home alone and the the bureaucracy of it is very realistic with them just like not really caring and wanting to eat their donuts <laughs> And passing the phone around six times. But then they, uh, yeah, they send an officer out to the house and then he just like knocks on the door and it's like, nope, nobody, nobody's home. They're wrong. Tell them to count their kids again. <laughs> like, what? Yes, it's literally like the libertarian critique of police of like, there's too much bureaucracy. That is the key problem. <laughs> problem with the cops. Yes, the core issue is that they're too slow at murdering innocent people. <laughs> oh man so as long as we just attach paint cans to our banisters and hit the bad guys in the face and collapse their skulls we don't need them yes we need a a, a booby trap based society (laughs) but yeah so the uh they discover on the plane 
or they realize on the plane that they're missing Kevin after they leave. Uh, and then, yeah, there's this whole process, which I, so I think they spend just enough screen time on the rest of the family and on the mom in this movie is my take on this because she, they go through the process of trying to, you know, call the cops and that doesn't work because the cops suck. Uh, and then the process of the mom trying to fly back by herself to get back and get to the house and having to, you know, go through all these other flights and stuff. And it's just enough to kind of tug at the heartstrings a little bit and be like, Oh God, like she's so, you know, sad. Cause she left her kid at home, which <laughs> she is very sad about. I'm not sure she feels bad enough about it, but that's another <laughs> discussion. Um, <laughs> The rest of the family does not care. <laughs> yeah, not they do not give a crap. Um, what's I saying? Yeah, so the screen time that they spend on this, I think is appropriate because you have some investment in what the mom is doing and the process of her getting back and, you know, the goofy ride in the van with the, the polka king of the Midwest. John Candy kind of shows up. Like yeah. He <laughs> nails it. So <laughs> good. <laughs> it's amazing. I... Every time he's on the screen, I'm so happy. His whole thing about, like, he's, like, trying to comfort her, and he talks about, like, was it, like, leaving his kid in a funeral home? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Of, um, yeah. I think I wrote it down. He's like, he's like, you know, kids are resilient. He started talking again after, like, uh, six or seven weeks. It's not so bad. <laughs> he's great. But yeah, I, I think it's a good, like, emotional juxtaposition to, like, the more immediate danger that Kevin is in and, like, the slapstick humor that he's doing with the more, like, dialogue-based humor with John Candy and then the, uh, you know, the other side of the stakes of, like, I failed to protect this person and I need to go be there for them. Also, they are my child <laughs> who I left at home when I flew to France. <laughs> uh which again is insane <laughs> well the power went out charlie yes the power went out and it messed up their alarm clocks uh and so it's yeah, okay it makes sense it's, it's, it's not their fault also, but it so really is the weirdest part of that whole setup is like why would you have your whole family over at your place to go to the airport yeah instead of That's everybody a... flying on separate planes from wherever they're from yeah, that's really weird, right? <laughs> Did people just have their entire family over to their house for an extended stay for the holidays before we were born or something? Because they do that in Christmas Vacation, too, right? The whole thing is he's like, I'm going to have all of our family meeting the grandparents on both sides over to the house for a month for Christmas. Which, like, I mean, what, I nobody would... does that. That's insane. Why would you yeah, do, I would that? do that? That's for a terrible like a... idea. <laughs> I would do that for like a week or two. Yeah, yeah, maybe. right. But uh, I don't think I've ever done a month. That's a that's a long time. It'll be like small rotating batches of family, like uh, you know, aunt and uncle and a couple cousins come stay for like a week, and then like you go see some different cousins or whatever. Right? You don't have your entire family of like thirty people in your house at the same yeah. time. And it's like all these people there, like. These like children who don't live there, like packing. It's like, did you unpack? Yeah. <laughs> you, <do. laughs> you came here with your luggage, unpacked it, repacked it, went to France. 
that okay that part i'm gonna be honest was straight up confusing to me as a child because there's this sequence at the start where joe pesci harry disguised as a cop is like asking all these kids like uh are your parents home and they could say yes do they live here no which is funny uh but (laughs) i was like are they are they orphans no because they said their parents are home but they don't live there it's like which the only other set of parents there is uncle frank and uh his wife i can't i can't remember the name but the only adult whose name i can remember is uncle frank but i think that like all of the kids are either theirs or like Oh, no, no, because some of them are the, the brother's kids who live in Paris, because one of them even says, my parents oh, are in France. Okay, that's what it is. Which, I don't know why, if their parents are in France, they're back in the U.S. only to go back to France, like, what seems like the next day. But, I am um, no judge. I'm sorry, yeah, I, I have to point something out, real quick, not to interrupt. I looked at the uh, the IMDb page again, just to look at the names of the adults, and I noticed that uh, Larry Hankin plays one of the police officers, the one who answers the phone, uh, or the one who's eating the donut after he's handed the phone when the mother calls yeah. the cops. This officer's name is Officer Balzac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that, but it's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, as much as like their family situation makes no sense, it is, I think, a really effective start to the movie. Like the funniest, oh, yeah. part, some of the funniest parts of the movie are at the beginning. It's like nonstop joke after joke, and I think it does capture like the chaos of when there is like everyone in your family in one building. Yeah, Com- coming <laughs> How from how insane it can feel. Coming from a family when like the entire the entirety of my mom's side of the family gathers, there's like fifteen of us under one roof. I can relate to that chaos. It you you can understand as much as we've talked about like it's ridiculous that they left their child in the attic when they flew to France, but like you can kind of understand it because of how insane the household is. I also want to know what Mr. McAllister does for a living because they live in a fucking massive house. They're all wearing Burberry coats. Like, see, I think they sort of imply that uh, the mom makes the money in this uh, situation. I guess the mom like comes and pays for the pizza. Yeah, she pays for the pizza and like she's like very like kind of like done up sort of like high-powered i i got like high-powered business lady vibes from her i don't know if that's true or like what <laughs> they, they probably both work for that house i mean like it's a very wealthy family clearly <laughs> so i could see them both working well i mean she's moira um, brown in her heyday of acting it's moira rose dude or moira moira rose why did i say brown, she get brown from? <laughs> i have no idea well i think it's about time we talk about the uh the trap yes of the movie why everyone is here (laughs) yeah the real reason that we all watch home alone is when kevin discovers that his house is going to be broken into by the wet bandits (laughs) he (laughs) sets up an elaborate series of slapstick traps some of which like i We'll get to them. I, we're not going to be able to, like, go in order through all of these, but some of them don't seem intended to, like, stop the robbers, but merely to fuck with them, which is great. It's very funny. Um, 
but Those yeah, are the best ones, the ones that are purely for like psychic damage. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they're there for Kevin damage. McAllister's own entertainment. <laughs> Uh, the the most notable of those that comes to mind, or the first one that comes to mind, is the like honey covered saran wrap in the, the feather blasting fans. Like, what <laughs> was the point of that? That's not just stopping anyone. He's just covered in feather feathers him. now, <laughs> purely just for comedic effect, which is excellent. Kevin is a real sick little kid. It's very funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like the, there's always one trap though that no matter what it makes me hurt, and that's the nail because you watch his foot go down on the nail, so it like you can tell that nail is in the foot. It's not like you step yeah. on it, feel it, and pull back. No, that is nail in foot, and it hurts yeah, it's every a good, time. Like halfway in, like it is. It's like the closest to body horror. <laughs> yeah. <in this> movie. <laughs> Some real video trope shit. Yeah, and it, it's a nice close up, and it's real slow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think the speed of it is the problem. Like that's what makes it so awful. Is that if it was a quick like step, ah, my foot and falls over, but he like slowly <laughs> inserts the nail into the bottom of his foot. It's awful. Oh, it's terrible. It, yeah, that's the hardest one to watch for me by far. Like that. That's the only one I have to look away. I don't know, and I everybody's got their like wound type that bothers you the most. For me, it's just puncture wounds, like, yeah, that. like anything that is like needle esque. I just cannot look. I, I don't like needles. Bad. Don't like shots, anything like that. So like the nail really gets me. Yeah. Which I am getting my COVID vaccine whenever I get my chance, though. I yes. can overcome my fear for that. Everyone do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, the. Uh, so the, the first one's going in, there's like, the iron is outside the house, right? No, it's in the basement. He pulls the oh, okay. he, he pulls the light string in the basement and it pulls the iron down the laundry chute and onto his face. That's right, yeah. So that would kill you instantly. It's on too, right? <laughs> no, I don't think is it's it I don't think it's on, it... but it's still just an iron falling like a story and a half into the basement. Or no, it's coming from the second floor, isn't it? The laundry chute is in the kitchen, which we know from okay, the uh, so establishing the scene to give us context for this, which is actually very good writing a direction, come to think of it, of him sh- uh, using the BB gun to shoot the toy soldiers into the laundry chute yep. in the kitchen. Um, uh, what house has a laundry chute? Is that like... <laughs> a rich people house. We've yeah. discussed this. Yeah. They're, they're, they are the bourgeoisie... <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense actually. I hadn't thought of this, but like it kind of, they kind of had to be a wealthy family just to have enough room for traps. Exactly. The how like if it was just like a double wide, you know, a really short movie. Yeah. It's just like, well, we're in the house, and we can see all of it. <laughs> and then in Home Alone Two, we get like the urban rot version of this. Once the you yeah. know abandoned rich people. House, well, no, but... it's 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 being renovated. Yes, but there's, it's very abandoned looking. There's a giant hole in the floor. I don't know what <laughs> renovations they're doing where they just knocked a giant chunk out of the floor, but they are extreme. Uh, well, um, but yeah, so we have the iron that would kill you. The, then... uh, the hot doorknob would not, but that again would hurt very bad. 
I, I actually random. watched a video like, one time, and for a doorknob to get hot enough for, like, the heat to transfer from an electric grill lighter through the door, like, you would either melt the doorknob before it got that hot, or you would just burn down the house. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Great continuity here for the Home Alone cinematic universe, too, when in Home Alone 2, Harry's hand has been branded by the doorknob and has a McAllister M on it. (laughs) Again, some real rich people shit. They have their initial (laughs) on their doorknob. (laughs) But yeah, there's a weird... It feels like there's a, a rise and then a dip in the ridiculous... Or the really the real danger presented by the traps right so you have like the flaming doorknob of hell and the the iron and the nail and all that stuff outside they, they light they light harry's head on fire That's oh yeah one. uh they literally light his head on fire with a blowtorch <laughs> um but yeah they get through all that and then marv breaks in through the window steps on all the ornaments and again just gets his feet all stabbed up Ugh. a shocking um, number of these traps could be avoided by looking down yeah <laughs> yes he really just steps on all of them and he did not Who climbs through a window without looking down <laughs> the the <laughs> physical acting and the body language for the uh the slapstick humor here is great though he he really yeah. killed it they great sell job it. Mark. They sell it um but yeah and then you transition from that to like slipping on some like Hot micro wheels. Machines. <laughs> They're micro machines. <laughs> yeah. They were like yeah. mini Hot Wheels. <laughs> they set that up too, right? They're like, they're like, you know, they tell him to like clean him up because his aunt almost died. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. They said like his aunt almost died on one of them at the start of the movie. Yeah. They weirdly set up a lot of these traps. Yeah, the tarantula. <laughs> yeah, the tarantula. Yeah. But yeah, we Which, go from the micro-machines to uh, collapsing in their skulls again <laughs> with full paint cans. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, was there ever, like, a Mythbusters episode? I don't think there was alone? a Mythbusters, but I have seen a video where they, like, set up the gelatin, like, head that they used to use in Mythbusters a lot and put, like, a, essentially a artificial skull with brain in it like in the gel and hit it with a full paint can and it it's gonna kill you like it's either gonna kill you or you're gonna have some serious lasting brain damage probably depends on how long the rope is yeah there there really is like endless content talking about how dead the web (laughs) and now here we are cashing in on it too happy holidays (laughs) huh Good old ballistics gel. Do you remember that one time you made a ballistics gel? I made gel ballistics park, gel and we and shot we fireworks in it. <laughs> we, we put fireworks in it. No one else to do with it. That was one of the more psychotic things we ever did. <laughs> it was a really cool though. The um But yeah, I think I don't think the paint cans outweigh the bricks though. I still think the Home Alone 2 bricks being thrown from the third story and like hitting Marv in the face with their jagged edge definitely is the deadliest trap in Home Alone. That's that's the most egregious, like... And, like, it's <laughs> not even, like, a trap that Kevin McAllister can, like, separate himself from. No, he's throwing those bricks at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's either that or also into 
after they they he fakes him or he fakes him out with the paint cans, which oh, again the pipe. great setup and continuity. Yeah, hits them in the face with a barbell and then it lands on their chest after they fall through a two story hole in the floor. Uh, also, I think, like a tool, I think also like a tool chest like comes <clears throat> down the stairs and like crushes them too. Oh yeah, that's also into. Uh, <laughs> Home Alone 2 really takes them to the next level. Yeah. They're really up the ante. They're like, people love the traps. We need more traps. (laughs) You see, the problem with violence is that we must always escalate it for it to remain entertaining in this essay. I will not know. I mean, I wouldn't. We've. I don't know. We've kind of covered most of the traps already at this point. But there's the paint cans, and then he hits them in the chest with a crowbar because they're not dead. Uh. Or no, he or, no, 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 yeah, Kevin right. doesn't do that. It's he gets, he gets lucky with that. Yeah, Marv hits Harry in the chest, full over the head swing with a crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> also, very funny. <laughs> yeah, I've said this lots of times, but the, the the how ridiculous the slapstick stuff is. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Several skull fractures multiple cracked ribs, probably a few cracked vertebrae. Like, these guys are going to need some serious rehab. Oh, we forgot, because we're getting close to uh, Old Man Marley saving Kevin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet Old Man Marley. Yeah, he is a weirdly, like, close to he's like at a weirdly like kind of an emotional core to the movie yeah it's when they do the like christmas love your family thing if you listen if we have any screenwriters listening to this for some reason (laughs) um in our audience who are like man i got this script i just don't know how to give it that extra bit of drama or like i need a moral core to my movie just make it a Christmas time, and that is a free, easy, like, family matters message that you can just put into anything. <laughs> just set your movie at Christmas, and you have drama, you have you know, warm and fuzzy feelings, uh, easy peasy. Because that's what happens here. <laughs> he just, like, shows up, and he's like, I'm estranged from my son. Kevin's like, stop being estranged from your son. He's like, okay. <laughs> it is very sweet, though. I, I'm... I'm it it's very effective for like kids movie yeah for sure uh and he comes back and saves kevin so it's all worth it <laughs> yeah by hitting them in the head with a shovel <laughs> he does it oh yeah i forgot to mention he's like accused the, of killing his wife with a shovel <laughs> oh yeah which I, I love any movie that has like the kids being afraid of like the old man or like the scary house in the neighborhood that's really fun for me uh, a little bit of, it, it always feels nostalgic and importantly, his name is the South Bend Shovel Slayer, <laughs> which immediately, when the, especially when it's proven that he is not the South Bend uh, Shovel Slayer, made me think of, well, that's because it is, of course, Mayor Pete Buttigieg <laughs> is the South Bend Shovel Slayer. <laughs> Sneaking up behind you, doing his fake Obama voice, and... <laughs> Murdering you with a shovel. <laughs> Isn't he now like the secretary, or he's like, or he's like the head of the Department of Transportation? Transportation secretary. Yeah, he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna be shoveling snow all over the country. 
God. Cabinet appointments. That's a fun topic for the Home Alone episode. (laughs) They're great. I'm definitely not pissed at every single cabinet I see. No, sir. Just like, oh, this person. (laughs) How many war crimes is this one? Only three? (laughs) Great. Most progressive president ever, Joe Biden. Kill me. <laughs> yeah, home alone. Um, I yeah, but okay. This guy as the emotional core, great. I also think the progression of Kevin's fear and subsequent courage in this movie is like weirdly well done. I say weirdly; it should be weird that like a movie written by John Hughes is well-written it's just because it's a christmas movie so we expect it to be hacky and bad um but there's the whole thing with the radiator (laughs) in the start or there's a couple things there's like i would say three or four things he's afraid of in the beginning right there's he watches the uh gangster movie with the guy saying merry christmas you filthy animal and shooting dude which is great uh there's the radiator in the basement that groans like a monster from hell <laughs> the south bend shovel slayer <laughs> and then the bandits of course uh later on and it's interesting how he kind of like conquers these one at a time <laughs> with like the uh radiator he just decides he's like i'm a man i'm not afraid of the radiator but then he runs outside and sees old man marley and is terrified and runs back inside uh and then yeah with the movie he covers his eyes but then he uses it as the uh First deterrent, which, oh yeah, we also didn't talk about. They try to break into the house a few times before. One where he, like, sets up a Rube Goldberg machine of cutouts. They have a lot of cutouts in this house for some reason. Cutouts and and, and stuff. Several inflatable Uh, dolls that we don't see, like, the full body of that uh, mm -hmm. could be questionable. (laughs) Interesting. Mm. Uh, But yeah, and then he does, like, orders the... Or wait... He does the he does the pizza thing and he like uses the movie to scare away the delivery driver and then he does it again with Marv. That's right. But yeah, he sets off the... the fireworks in the pot with Marv to make it sound like actual gunfire. That's right. Yeah, I was gonna say he yeah, he uses the movie twice, so like that's that being conquered, mm-hmm. but then like, you know the old man Marley thing, it's not him making this decision of like I will not be afraid anymore. It's like Marley has to approach him. And kind of go through that process, which I think is, like, pretty realistic, right? Like, kids don't just get over fears. Like, they do sometimes with little stuff, but with big stuff, somebody has to help them through that, which he does, which I think makes Mm -hmm. it more impactful and helps him get to the step of, I'm going to be a libertarian and (laughs) booby-trap my house now. (laughs) It's time. (laughs) It is time. Yeah, we we didn't see at the very, old man Marley came up to him and he's like, "Taxation is theft, Kevin." <laughs> <laughs> Another kind of cotton. I know we've talked about like some continuity things between like this movie and Home Alone too. Is the movies like the second fake gangster movie with the same lead actor is used for a similar purpose in Home Alone too as well. I uh, love that in Home Alone too yeah. with uh, Tim Curry. The, outside the room it's oh it's so funny <laughs> there's an insane man in there with a very large gun 
Oh, Tim Curry. Oh, we need to do Clue. That might be my next pick. Oh, so we good. do need to do Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't seen it, but the concept of movie with multiple endings they showed in different theaters great i love that. it is yeah uh do we each need to watch a different ending uh oh. in the in, in the release on like when i watched it on amazon it has like they show you like they show you one ending and it's like or it could have happened like this and then they show you another ending and then they're like but it really happened like <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> that's great Okay, I'm gonna be recording. I can monologue too. <laughs> nah, you're stuck here with me. I'm stuck here with you. You know, the more that we talk about these continuity things, though, I think I'm just beginning to realize that I might like Home Alone 2 better because it's literally the exact same movie, but just with more slapstick traps. <laughs> more traps. Like, Should be a done too. we have Maybe. like the fiasco at the airport. We have, instead of, like, we have the bandits, but we also have, like, the hotel staff. Um, instead of Old Man Marley, we have the, like, crazy pigeon lady who lives above the opera house. Yeah, it's, like, shockingly just the same. <laughs> fireworks are used like, in both movies. Yeah. It's, uh... It, I was surprised watching this. Like, most of the movie isn't Kevin doing, like traps and stuff no that's only like the last 10 minutes (laughs) yeah it's a lot of this movie is kind of like the like a kid's almost like a it was really great watching it as a kid i feel like because it's kind of like the fantasy like ooh, if you had the whole house to yourself what would you do it's a lot of stuff like that yeah where it's like fun for kids cute for adults he's eating all the ice cream in the house and like learning how to go grocery shopping and stuff uh all there is a lot more of like that going on than him trying to murder the wet bandits that i remembered um, i guess i got i did get a lot of that from two yeah and also in two we have the like really cool toy store that like he saves from the they're now the sticky bandits in home alone 2 <laughs> are they the sticky bandits in two? I, to put like glue on their hands yeah, like marv the, like, like wraps tape around his hand and just like says like yeah we can't use the wet bandits anymore so we'll be the sticky bandits and oh, yeah, he like. Don't they like steal from like the Salvation Army? Yeah, or he whatever? like sticks his hand in the Salvation Army pot, like a bunch of nickels and dimes are just stuck to his hand. And he walks oh, yeah. off. Marv says trans right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck the Salvation Army. Wait, did the Salvation Army do something trans? They ban they ban LGBT people from their shelters all the oh, time. Oh, okay, and then yeah, like they that. defend yeah. their shelters when they do that. That's messed up, dude. The sticky bandits are allies, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Alright, sticky bandits, real heroes of Home Alone 2. <laughs> Along with President Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, Home Alone 2 is just better. I'm not saying Home Alone 1 is bad, I'm just saying I think Home Alone 2 might be the better movie. Home Alone 1 is the thinking man's Home Alone. It's not, it's not, it's not all traps, you know, there's learning about how it's important to go to church and uh, <laughs> to not judge the weird old man who lives next door because maybe he yelled at his son. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Home Alone 2 has the part about not judging the weird pigeon lady in Central Park. So, yeah, that's true. You know. Also an inclusive movie. I was going to say, I feel like these movies get brought up a lot in 
the uh, like violence in children's media discussion, right? In the same vein as like the Looney Tunes, because it's the same brand of slapstick violence. Yep. And I feel like it's a weird discussion because they're like, oh, like kids can't grasp that like this is unrealistic, right? That hitting like, someone in the face with a full paint can will just knock them down and not kill them. Yeah. <laughs> but like the thing is, I don't think actual children are even questioning that, right? They're not like, hmm, yes, I can now do that to my brother because it won't kill him. Like, I don't think, yeah. I don't know, at least in my mind, I ne- just I never thought about it that much. We'd be seeing a lot more p- kids burning their houses down and stabbing people in the feet. <laughs> this is a very popular, successful movie. <laughs> Although I definitely had, like, fantasies about defending my house from robbers using traps but i never that's cool sounds fun yeah (laughs) right that's extremely (laughs) cool (laughs) as much as we have made fun of weird libertarians with booby trapped houses that is very cool you know what it all it also kind of makes me think of uh codename kids next door like the kids versus adults like putting together all of the what was it two by four technology like yeah like little homemade like macgyver shit yeah it's very cool to kids and as an adult (laughs) this is cool (laughs) like home alone 10 kevin 3d prints a gun (laughs) 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 anything else we uh we want to get into i know uh, we haven't exactly gone into a super great depth about certain mechanical aspects of the movie, but like it's home alone, you know, know. it's, you it's, it's a that. Christmas episode. We're releasing an episode on Christmas Eve. Be thankful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right. Well, in that case, recommendations, and then we'll uh, get it wrapped up. So uh, park, would you recommend home alone? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, I would absolutely recommend this movie. And I don't know how you have like not already seen this movie if you're listening to our podcast, but if you haven't, go out, find it, watch it. It's on Disney Plus right now. It's fantastic. It's fun for the whole family. I absolutely recommend this movie. And will. Uh yeah, definitely recommend unless uh if you've noticed your child has been pulling the wings off of butterflies or <laughs> torturing ants or anything maybe be cautious <laughs> showing them this but outside of that go for it it's a wonderful movie yeah i mean watch watch home alone you've seen it but watch it again it's great it's a it's a very rewatchable <laughs> christmas movie oh, absolutely uh we we watch it every year for a reason so it's worthy of that rotation but if it's not in that rotation hey more power to you you have your own rotation that's that's fine that's great uh well before we get out of here just want to say in the spirit of the holidays thank you everyone for listening we uh you know we're having a lot of fun making this thing and we would do it even if nobody listened but those of you who do we appreciate the hell out of you so uh thanks for being here and uh have merry christmas happy holidays happy new year enjoy whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate stay safe out there uh yeah plugs park where can people find you uh the people all the peoples they can find me on instagram at summer hour underscore brewing 
and Will. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WillPostWords, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston on YouTube, where I make videos about movies and TV and stuff. And you can follow me on Instagram at charliebeat.writes on Twitter at Big Sports ATL. Uh, it's in the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you can follow us collectively on Twitter at Jump Cuts Pod, on Instagram at Jump Cuts Pod, on YouTube at Jump Cuts Pod, on our website, jumpcutspod.com. Jump Cuts Pod, Jump Cuts Pod, Jump Cuts Pod. Thank you again for listening. Uh, safe travels if you're traveling, but you know, try not to do that too much because there's a deadly pandemic and we don't want you to die.